So happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Let's give them a hand too today. Well done, guys. Also, I want to say um, it's, it's a happy birthday to Jim on the sound desk today. Pastor Jim, good job. Let's give him a hand. <clears throat> and Beth, he has to get more than one present. It's not like a jewel. It's got to be one for the birthday and one for Father's Day. Come on, be fair. So it'd be, I, I grew up thinking it would be the worst possible um, life if you had your birthday on Christmas Day. It would be like, no, that's just wrong. But uh, it would be like having Father's Day and your birthday combined. Nuh-uh. He deserves two. So welcome to church, everybody. So good to see you here. If you're visiting with us, I want to give you a great big welcome and thank you for joining us today. And if you're watching online, we want to give you a special welcome as well. And uh, thanks for tuning in. It's great to see Sue Sunderland here in person today. So great to have you back, Sue. Um, she's a regular online. She, she, uh, but uh, there's been reasons why she can't be here. But uh, she's here today and want to honour you today for coming out and seeing what it's really like in the flash. Good job. Let's give Sue a welcome. She's a great, a great woman. <clears throat> so I want to give you a Father's Day message today from heaven. And by the way, I did get a message from Al. I gave him a shout out in the first service there in Perth. It's um, 3 a.m. in the morning now. Uh, no, it's not. I don't know what time it is. But uh, gave him a shout out and he said, thanks for the, thanks for the, uh, for the welcome. So people do watch online. So it, it's good to know. Uh, I'm going to watch, stay home and watch sometimes too, I think. But um, I want to give you a Father's Day message straight from heaven today. It starts in Psalm 78 verse 4. And what I want us to understand today is uh, God described himself as a father um, many, many times throughout the scripture. He describes him of himself, the description he chooses is to be known as a father. And it's really, really important that we understand the role of a father and what that means to us as his children. So one of the things that um, I'm really, really impressed about in the kingdom of God is there aren't any grandchildren. There's no great-grandchildren. There's not even any cousins. And I think sometimes, I didn't say this in the first one, but I'm just thinking of stuff as I go. Sometimes I think we have a relationship with church and a relationship with God where we think, well, I'm just a distant relative. I kind of don't really connect in that well. I'm kind of somehow just one of the, the, the cousins on the extreme edge when it comes to our relationship with Jesus and therefore our relationship with God, there is, no, there is no distance of relationship. There is only children. There are sons and daughters of the king. So I want you to grasp that today, this Father's Day. Perhaps there'll be an awakening coming to your thinking about who you are in God and how he views you. So you're not, you don't have to live on the peripheries or on the extreme edges because God says, you are my child. You're, you're the first generation. Is that something to be excited about? Okay, so the scripture. <clears throat> and that's an actual picture of my, uh, my workbench when it's tidy, when it's clean. So Psalm 78 verse 4 says, <clears throat> We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. Verse 7, So each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. So each generation should set its hope anew on God. So <clears throat> I think that there's, there's a role in parenting, uh, particularly fathers, according to God, 
to pass hope on to the next generation, to pass the faith on, to pass the, the message on to other generations. Not so that we can say, well, once upon a time I had a great, great, great ancestor who, who passed it down to me, but we say we are the, the first generation again and again and again of the good news of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's exciting. So uh, just as there's a role for physical fathers to pass things on, the role of the church is to transfer hope into the world, a hope of God in the world. So every believer, your role is to transfer hope into other people as, as a, a follower of Jesus. So each generation should set its hope anew in God. So it's not like that they, they can uh, do it again or that they may um, carry on the family legacy so that they can set their hope anew. It's fresh, it's alive, it's a, a new generation. It's something that is personal to them. They've been, they've, they've, they're on the flow themselves of what God has done. So when we, when we talk about that word hope, that we are people that are hopeful, we are not hopeless. And so if you have had a bad father experience, it is possible to find healing and belonging in the house of God, despite that bad experience. Um, uh, to be healed of words spoken over us, maybe angry words, uh, stingy words, um, hopelessness spoken over us sometimes. God has other ideas for you. And I want, I want to encourage you today that we can be set free from things done to us and spoken over us by a physical father. Now, sometimes we can have an experience of a father that is really amazing, really good, and, and that's great. Sometimes we can have the opposite extreme of that, where we think our father wasn't a provider, our father wasn't good, our father wasn't a good example or um, neglected uh, their duties or whatever. There's lots of different things. Sometimes we can have a mixture of both in the same person. We think, well, there's parts of my father's uh, fatherhood in my life that was, was good and there are other parts that weren't so good. And we can have a combination of those. I had about 98% good and 2% and that wasn't good. But was that true? No one's laughing. Okay. <clears throat> but we can be healed of hopelessness and, and those things that have been spoken over us. Because we have a heavenly father that is prepared to do anything to save you. God represents himself as father that will do anything to rescue people. So God doesn't wish that any should live without discovering salvation, uh, without discovering him. So people that don't know their heavenly father and the extent of his passion live with an identity crisis. And sometimes I find people who, um, who are living in that way, who've had a disconnect between their earthly father um, they respond badly in situations. And, and oftentimes, if it, these kind of people, when I have interaction with them, is if I don't respond to them instantly, with a, if they send me a message or something, if I'm not on the ball and respond to them, within a few minutes I'll be getting a message, you know, oh, you know, you know st abusing me because, you know, I didn't respond fast enough. And that's a, to me, is one of the signs of a person who's, who's had a, a father figure missing in their life. And so they, they judge everything in a very strange and negative perspective. 
So there's negative behaviours when there's been a, a, um, a lack of fatherhood in your life. I heard recently <clears throat> that a big factor in homelessness, I, I think long-term homelessness, is up to 70% of people who are homeless report to not have have uh, to have not I, I mucked this up in the first service too to have not had a father I think that's that's quite an interesting perspective to take but it seems to suggest the fatherless find it more difficult to belong anywhere and so that that distance in their life between a father figure can cause them to have a disconnect in many other areas of life they're not able to put their roots down they're not able to feel belonging even to the place of where they could live because they've had that that deep disconnect in the spiritual part of their life that causes them to be unable to put roots down I think that's an amazing little piece of information but from today we can step into a new relationship with Jesus that connects us securely to God we are not homeless we have a father so to translate the experience of our human fathers to God not only does it underestimate or undervalue God it makes it almost impossible to receive miracles and blessings from heaven because we have a misunderstanding of what God's like and what his intention is towards us so we're going to make a declaration today and I'll ask you to declare these things I'll, I'll, re- I'll read it to you first and then uh, I'll ask you to declare it with me they are I belong I have a father and I have a father I belong so when we make a declaration like that where where whether our, our father figure in our life was a good or a bad one we're declaring that I have a father who is in heaven I have a spiritual heritage that I'm going to declare today over myself will you speak this over yourself with me today let's do it together I belong I have a father I have a father I belong and when we speak those kind of words over ourselves it can build a foundation spiritually in our life that can even connect us into the house of God because when we don't have that foundation correct then we find it very hard to connect ourselves in the house of God we find it very difficult to trust because we misjudge the the actions of others because we've had a disconnect of of, of, from one who we should trust is our father I want to give you a truth bomb this morning second Peter chapter 3 verse 9 the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness instead he is patient with you not wanting anyone to perish but everyone to come to repentance see what this scripture talks about is we might think hey from the time I first discovered Jesus from the time I gave my life to the Lord until today things have been very slow Uh, if you're in that part of your life God wants you to know that he's got time for you he's got time for us to get things right he's got time that he wants to work in in our lives in our situations also ultimately when we think of someone coming to Christ God gives the world time to make that decision to make things right with their heavenly father so there's a there's a a lot of ways we can interpret that scripture but it is a truth bomb 
the Lord keeps his promise. So you might think, hey, but I kind of think things are moving too slow in my life. God will keep his promise, whatever that is that he's spoken. <clears throat> I want to just change tack, change tack in, the, in this moment of my message and go to some prophecies from the book of Daniel. Right now, a vision from, from Daniel that I want us to look at that's quite interesting. Firstly, I just want to say, if you've ever felt like you've been dealt um, a bad hand in life, think of Daniel, a young man captured, taken from his homeland and exiled in Babylon. Hang on, I just have to say a big shout out to our newest baby here for the first time in church. No, I just... Taya. Taya Antoinette. Now, what's her middle name? So it's the, the Greek name. I don't, won't say that. But hey, great to have her here, Beth. And uh, welcome back. Uh, it's, it's, it's not Mother's Day yet, but good on you. Father's Day three times for Jim. Excellent. So it's all about Jimmy today. <clears throat> but a vision that Daniel had. Now, he's a young man captured, taken from his homeland and exiled in Babylon. And the thing I want us to see in Daniel... Um, through all the drama that he endured, he remains faithful to the Lord. He's an example that, that his world got turned upside down. He's captured, taken away to a foreign land, an ungodly land, yet he had a foundation because he had a relationship to the Father that kept him faithful to God in the most unfaithful of circumstances. And we can be like that in the world in which we live. So, I think it's interesting that Daniel and John give us the most accurate end-time prophecies that we have in the Word of God, both at times when they're in exile from their comfort. Is that amazing? So you might be thinking, hey, I'm going through a tough time. I'm going through some, some, some stuff at the moment. I'm feeling like I'm disconnected from the plans and purpose of God. Well, if you keep your, your anchor point right to the Father, it could be the greatest place of revelation that you'll ever have. We'll give the Lord a hand for that. So, Daniel chapter 7, verse 9 and, and 10. Now, I've just paraphrased this to, to um, keep it a little simple today. It says, thrones were put in place. And this is Daniel seeing a vision. Thrones were put in place. The ancient one sat down to judge. It talks about the ancient one. It says, a, a, a white-haired, um, uh, like... Um, they're talking about God, it, it, it just the ancient one. He sat down to judge. It says millions of angels ministered to him. Then the court began its session and the books were opened. If you want a little bit of further background to that same time, look, look at those uh, scriptures there on the, on the bottom. You can take a picture of that or write them down and it describes the exact same moment of time. So it's a day that is coming. It's a day that is real. And my question to you is where will you be on that day? That's a very challenging question. So that could be terrifying to some of us. But to those who have put their faith in Jesus, it is the fulfillment of all that we believe, hope and live for. So when we know the Heavenly Father, we are hopeful, not hopeless on that day. Romans 8 verse 1 says, Therefore now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That means we have hope on that day of judgment. That we are not living under judgment anymore. We are living under the grace of Jesus Christ who paid the penalty for our sin 
And when God finds our name in the book, says, that's one of my children. That's one who's been born again into my family and therefore no punishment is incurred. Is that a great, a, a great thing to look forward to? So <clears throat> I, I hope that when we belong to Christ, that we have a, a, a hope and a faith and a purpose in, the, in what we do and how we live that propels us into the, the things that God wants us to do and live doing. So I want us to take a look at a, a loaded scripture right now. Uh, 1 Peter 1 verse 3 to 5. It says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we've been born again, because God raised Jesus from the dead. Now we live with great expectation, and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power, until you receive this salvation which is ready to be, to be revealed on the last day for all to see. <clears throat> I'm going to give you three things here from this scripture that we can take away with us today. We are born again because God the Father made it possible. It says God raised Christ from the dead so that we could be born again, so that we could be uh, born into the family, not born in to be a distant relative, to be a, um, you know, a, a third or fourth cousin, but we are, we are born into the family. We are children. You're a child of the king. And I want us to understand that today we have a father in heaven, not a great-grandfather, not an uncle, not, not, a, not a distant relative. We have a father who is in heaven. That should excite you today. The second thing we see we have a priceless inheritance. You see, when you're adopted by God in this context, you get the inheritance. You have great treasure stored for you in heaven because God loves you. He doesn't say, well, you know, you get the, you'll, you'll only get the, 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 the tail end of, of, of uh, your blessing. But it says there is a priceless, undefiled treasure for you in heaven. I love that word undefiled. But there is an there is an, inher um, an inheritance that we are given because we are children. You know, sometimes in a family, if, if uh, you know, um, a grandpa dies, then you know, if, he has, if he has sons and daughters, then they get, they get the, the, the inheritance first. And then if there's anything left over, the grandchildren might, might get some passed down to them. And then if there's great-grandchildren, then, then maybe a little bit will get down to them. But when it comes to our inheritance in the spiritual sense, we get the inheritance of the firstborn. You know, the, in the Old Testament, it was very powerful. The firstborn of the firstborn children, so the first of the first, got, used to get the whole inheritance. Used to all go to the firstborn son, no matter what, and everyone else got nothing. I want to tell you today, there is a spiritual principle here today to grasp hold of that you are the firstborn child and the inheritance goes to you. Let's give the Lord a hand for that. Hey, the inheritance is mine. It's undefiled. It can't be touched. It's, just, it's not like your superannuation that before you get it, they're going to change the tax laws 10 times. It's undefiled. It means you get the whole lot. And we need to focus our attention on the, the treasure of heaven, not the passing things of earth, of what we can gain there. So Jesus is the one who connects you to your Father in heaven. 
despite what your family was like or who your father is, you can be born again into the household of God with all the benefits of the inheritance. That's, a, that's a, a, such a, a great truth for you to take away today. I'm just going to invite the, the musicians to, to join me. <clears throat> and I want to give you a quote from the book, The Father Heart of God by Floyd McClung. He says this, God created man and man rejected him. God sent messages and prophets to remind man that it was he who created him. But they stoned the prophets and killed the messengers. So finally God came himself. The creator stepped into the creation, but the creation refused to recognize their maker. In fact, the creatures crucified the creator on a cross. What did the creator do then? He turned this, the greatest of mankind's cruelties, around and made it the source of man's forgiveness. We killed him and he used the act of our greatest selfishness to be the source of our forgiveness. That is a great picture of our heavenly father. Galatians 4 verse 5 says God sent him, God sent Jesus to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law or slaves to sin so that he could adopt us as his very own children. His very own children. This Father's Day, if you could get a reality check in your heart, that you are a very own child of God, first generation, worthy of the full inheritance. I believe you can walk out of this place a changed person today because this father went beyond what was reasonable to connect with the world. See, many people have found faith in Jesus. Many millions of people have found faith in Jesus and they've found their place in the father's house. And I'd love it today if you would accept Jesus and be born again if you've never had that experience. You can do that. You can experience that here today. The first step of that is we have a prayer that we use to help people to make things right with God. It's going to pop up on the screen right now. Why don't we just take a moment just to consider before we pray, where would you be on that judgment day does that fill your heart with dread does that fill you with with the unknown thing well I'm not I don't know I want to invite you today to get acquainted with your heavenly father who says you are my child and the way to connect again with God is to pray a prayer and ask Jesus to forgive your sins be your Lord and Savior for God to be your father Can we just pray this together as a church? And if you're part of the church, you can pray it again, rededicate yourself again to God. Say, Jesus, I want to be, I want to recognize again that I am a child, a firstborn child, worthy of the full inheritance. Maybe if you've never prayed this before, you can pray it today. I'll give you a bit more instruction afterwards. But dear Jesus, let's pray together. I believe you are the Son of God that you died on the cross and rose again to forgive my sin. I ask that you forgive me. 
I give you my life and I invite you to be my Lord and Savior. Today I am born again. I trust my future into your hands. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you've prayed that for the first time, then I really encourage you to come and speak with me afterwards. I'd love to encourage you, pray with you a little bit more, and maybe give you some, some things to take home with you. But this Father's Day, it's a day to connect afresh with God. Connect afresh with your Father. Can we? Can I just ask you perhaps to stand together today? <clears throat> I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to pray that the Holy Spirit does something supernatural in you. Awaken something that maybe has kept you disconnected, kept you from the fullness of what God could do in your life. So why don't we just uh, put our hands out before God today to receive something from Him. Let me pray. Lord, I pray over your church this morning that we are forgiven, that we are accepted, that we are worthy and that we are included. Lord, I pray for your church today. I want to pray over them that you are forgiven. You are accepted. You are worthy. You are included. And that there is an inheritance for you in the kingdom of heaven. You're not homeless. You belong. You are born into the Father's family as a firstborn child. So Father, we just speak that over your church today. I pray, Lord, that this, this word will, will burn deep in our spirits, cause us to see life differently, cause us to see your purpose and your plans like we've never noticed before. So I just pray today your goodness and your blessing over your people here today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a hand today. Thank you, church. Have a great week.